Because the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. There's a power outflowing from the resurrection. And Paul says that we can know him. The word know is the Greek word ginosko. All right, it's knowledge. It means knowledge, but yet it means an intimate knowledge. It means to come to know on an intimate level. And so he says, I want to be intimate with this knowledge about the power that was released in the resurrection. I want to know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, people there get off the boat on on suffering. What was Jesus' main suffering? Not the cross, becoming flesh. The suffering on the cross was part of him becoming flesh. The Bible says, remember, read, read, read the Bible. Don't just read the Bible. It says, we have a great high priest who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, seeing he has suffered, 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 being tempted in the flesh. And it says because he has suffered being tempted in the flesh, he is able to help, run to the aid, speedily and quickly, those that are being tempted. Why? Because he suffered that. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. Notice, being made conformable unto his death. My God. Notice, I want to know him. The only way to see my identity in him is know him. When you see Christ, you see the prototype. The model man. Is that right? When I was a boy growing up in church, we sang a song to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like Him. That song's embalmed with unbelief. When I was born again, I was made like Him. Now, you want want to see where people get in the ditch? They think perfection. And then religion says, well, you'll never be like Jesus because Jesus was perfect then you've got, throw your whole Bible away. Because the Bible says I can be like him. You do understand, if there's one incorrect statement in the Bible, it's all wrong. Because this book is a composite whole. Truth is based upon truth in every facet. You are not a truth teller if you told the truth today and lied yesterday. You are a truth teller if you constantly tell the truth. Amen. So the Bible says I can be like him. As a matter of fact, it says when I see him at the rapture, I will be like him. 
Well, I understand that means I'm going to have a glorified body, but here's what it literally means. It means that I will at last be seeing myself the way I should have been seeing myself. Mm. The reason when, when there was a miraculous draught of fishes, the reason that Peter fell on his knees in front of Jesus and said, depart from me because I'm a wicked man is because he saw the goodness in the life of Jesus and saw the frailties in his life. It wasn't about fish. It was about Peter was seeing what he could be. And instead of seeing what he could be, he saw what he was. And compared to you, I'm a sinful and wicked man. Well, you are not sinful and you are not wicked. You are made in the image of God. You have been recreated in the image of Christ. Colossians. Well, yeah, let's go to Colossians 3. The only way to come to see my identity in him is to know him. And as I come to know him in a deeper, more intimate way, my identity in him becomes more real. The only way to really know myself is to know him. I've had people tell me, well, I just need to take some time and, and get to know me. You'll never get to know you if you don't get to know Christ. Because Christ is you. And you are Christ. What you see in him is what you see in you. And what you see in you is what should be seen in him. Colossians 3, 9 uh, through 11. Lie not one to another, seeing you've put off the old man. Wait a minute. Old things are passed away. But what has happened? You have to put them off. Right? You have to put them off. This morning, I put on my jacket. This afternoon, I will put it off. Right. Now, now, here's the issue. If I put the jacket off, I no longer have on a jacket. Right. Is that right? But here's what religion says. I know you got a jacket. We all got jackets. Every one of us got jackets. But I don't have mine on. I put it off. Right? Now notice what it says. Am I helping you with this? Notice, notice what it says. Put off the old man. You've put on, off the old man and have put on the new man. Is that right? You've put off the old man with his deeds. And I put on the new man. Now stop right there and think about that. Which is, which is going to be renewed. Which is renewed. In knowledge. After the image of him that created him. Amen. Mm. Hold that scripture right there. Say it out loud. In Christ. I have no identity of my own. Now swallow real hard and say, I believe what that says. Now that's it. Now look at at the next part of this. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew. 
We could say black or white, Asian or Hispanic, male or female, right? Circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free. But Christ is all. Is that right? Christ is all. Okay, Lord, I can say that. You, you know, you want to have a happy marriage? Quit talking about things like this. Well, you know how women are. I've had people come up to me. They'll sidle up to me. They want to have marriage advice. They'll go, yeah, Pastor, you know how women are. No, don't tell me. How are they? I've had women say, young men are all the same. No, we're not. Just every man in here could stand up and you can tell we're not all the same. We got short ones, skinny ones, fat ones, tall ones. Good looking ones. I'm just, I'm leaving it at that. Good looking ones. Why are you leaving it at that? Because you're good looking to somebody. Nobody else, your mama thinks you look good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But here's, here's the point. Here's what I want you to see. Throw that back up there for me, please. Notice this. Christ is all. And in all. That means you're not allowed to identify yourself by your ethnicity. Or your race. Amen. Why do people have a problem if you say, I don't see color? They don't believe you. My, my, I, I know a pastor that was preaching. Matter, matter of fact, it was Pastor Gasway. They were preaching, and they made a statement. They said, you know, I don't see color. And two ladies got mad, just huffed, and got mad, and stomped out of the church. One of the leaders contacted them, found out what was wrong. Well, they said they don't see color. And she said, well, they don't. She said, I want them to see color. In other words, I want you to see the color of my skin. I demand that you see the color of my skin. I demand that you feel bad for me because of the color of my skin. That person has not had their identity swallowed up in Christ. I cannot be prejudiced because I don't see skin color. How can I be prejudiced against a white man if I don't see him as a white man? I I traveled in the ministry for a number of years, and it used to bother me. I I went to a lot of African-American churches, and you know how they'd introduce me? As their white brother. So, So what became very clear to me was what they see is my whiteness. I mean, how about if every family gathering they introduced you as our ugly brother? Well, you, you might be ugly, but you don't want attention drawn to your ugliness. Well, this is our dumb cousin. Right? You wouldn't think of doing that. I said, you wouldn't think of doing that. Why? Why? Because that's my brother. 
that's a, a steel or a wilder or a Craighead or a Molson or whatever. They're part of the family. They are from mom and dad. They are our brother, our sister. Short, fat, bald, ugly, handsome, it doesn't matter. They are our family. We are the family of God. And, and you don't look and divide the family by the black part and the white part and the Hispanic part and the male part and the female part uh, or the addict part or the delivered part or the gay part or the straight part. Understand what I mean by that? We'd have far more homosexuals in church getting after the word if we quit beating them over the head with a stick and let them come long enough to find out who they are in Christ. If they want to know. I lost some of y'all. But if we have the answer, when you're in school in mathematics, I have teachers right here. Now, which one of y'all taught calculus? Somebody taught calculus. Okay, so now I never went to calculus class, so I'm not pretending here. But here's, when the students came to your class, did you have the answer to the, to the lesson that you were teaching? You had the answer, didn't you? If they would have come up to you and asked you and said, I don't understand this equation, could you have helped them get the answer? Because you had the answer. And you know, a good, a good teacher never looks and says, and says, well, you know, what's wrong with you? And you know, the non-calculus lifestyle you're living, you'll never get it. Folks, sin is sin is sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. Lifestyles like that, that's a sinful lifestyle. But how do you get delivered from sin? You get delivered from sin by seeing who you are in the eyes of God. There are people that have asked Jesus into their heart and they are not delivered from sin. They're still living a sinful lifestyle. Sin still has a hold on them. Why? They don't know who they are. They know they're saved, but they don't identify with Christ as being all. The answer to the sin problem is not more good old-fashioned preaching against sin. It's more good old-fashioned preaching about who Christ died to make you. I'm moving right along. (laughs) Amen. It's It's not more good old hard preaching against sin. It's more good old hard preaching about who Christ made you. My, my life changed. I was raised in church. I was, I was raised on the front row of the church. My mother used to preach with a switch. And she liked to dress me like Jacqueline Kennedy dressed little, little John. You know how she dressed him in them little shorts? My mother dressed me that way. Don't you say anything. Shut up. <laughs> we'll go run six miles again. <laughs> Said, no, we're not. And she'd be preaching, and I'd be wiggling or doing whatever we do, we did. And she'd walk by and just, and just nettle them legs. Never miss a beat. Preaching, nettling. So my point is, I was raised in church. 
And yet I got to a place in my life that I thought I should have more victory than this. Victory is not when you get to heaven. 1 John 5, 3 and 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under law, but you are under grace. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. If you teach people that they're free, they'll be free. If you teach people they have to struggle, they'll struggle. I'm hurrying. Let me hurry. See, that's a problem I have in worship. I think I can preach for two hours. (laughs) Amen. Philippians 1. Philippians 1. I'm going to hurry here. Verse 21. For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet I, what I shall choose, I don't know. I'm in a straight betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better for you, nevertheless to abide, or better for me, nevertheless to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. This is total conformity. Total conformity. If we will allow this total conformity to take place, we'll become like Christ. Total conformity. Acts 17, 28. You can probably quote it. Paul was looking there at Mars Hill at the different uh, gods and different things that they had, tokens that they had there. And he went to the, 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 the altar that had the inscription on it to the unknown God. And he said, this is who I'm talking to you about. And he said, for in him we live and move and have our being. In him We live. Our number one priority is being in Him. My in Christness. And then finally, in uh, Colossians 2. I'm sorry, Colossians 1. Verse 25, he said, Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God that's given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Here it is, the mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul doesn't just say the mystery or the glory of this mystery. He piles words upon words, adjectives upon adjectives. The riches of the glory of this mystery. What the Old Testament saints desired to look into was Christ in you. 
That was the stumbling block. Remember Job's whole problem in the book of Job? How can a man be right with God? I, I wish that, he said, I wish that I could stand before you and plead my case. He said, but there's no daysman. There's no umpire. There's no go-between. There's no intercessor between me and you. That's the problem. But then, man, somewhere the Holy Spirit took him over and he saw something where grace was concerned and he said, but I know that one day I'll see him. One day I'll see my go-between. I'll see my umpire. I'll see the daysman. In Christ, I have no identity of my own. Christ being formed in me, me finding my identity in Christ, that's the mystery. That's the prize. That's the prize. In Christ, I have no identity of my own. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I'll close with this. That's not to make excuses. You know, I don't make excuses for sin. I don't make excuses for sin in my life. I won't excuse it in your life. There's no excuse to live in sin when you have been given power over it. But here's the thing. If I don't know I've been given power over it, how can I do it? I can't. I can't. And the thing about this church and churches like this is when you come and hear something, then you're responsible for it. People will come and have me pray. I want you to pray that I'll get victory over this. Well, I can agree with you. I mean, I can, I can pray with you. But what are you going to do tomorrow at work when I'm not there? Or next week when I'm not there? What about when that temptation shows up and I'm not around? At some point, your in Christness has to be bigger than what you're seeing. And I'll give you the answer right here. I've said this over the years, I don't know how many times. I don't want to do that because I'm a new creature in Christ. The Bible says you are dead to sin. Well, why? The old previous moral and spiritual condition has been done away with in Christ. What used to appeal to me doesn't appeal to me anymore. Why? Because the old man is dead. Isn't that great? Let's bow our heads this morning, shall we?